This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And now, the moment you've all been waiting for. You're tuned in to Tapped Out. Hosted by Brendan Tobin and Sean Levine. Only on the BetQL Network. Welcome into Tapped Out with Brendan Tobin. I'm the sports machine, Sean Levine. Let's talk a little fighting and let's try to make a little money along the way. First of all, dude, you're going to be at UFC 299 in Miami Main event, Sean O'Malley versus Cheeto Vera. And they just keep adding to that card. I mean, you already had Curtis Blades and Matisse Gamrot and RDA and Pedro Munoz. And there were all kinds of good fights on that card. And announced in the last couple of days, Dustin Poirier is going to be fighting Benoit St. Denis. He's a favorite right now at minus 150. Poirier at plus 125. Great fight, but a weird one for Dustin to take, isn't it? Yeah, definitely a weird one. Um, you know, speaks to the toughness of Dustin. It kind of feels a little bit like when he uh, you know, took on Dan Hooker a couple years back and that kind of started a surge for him again. Um, you know, and and Benoit's obviously coming off that nasty head kick win, so his stock is really high right now. Dustin obviously coming off a pretty devastating loss to Justin Gaethje in his own right in that fashion, but you know, I think for a couple of things, one I'm sure they paid him very handsomely since he's uh, a co-main event in this one, um, you know, South trains in South Florida. So it doesn't have to, you know, venture out too far. It's a very, I'm sure a very comfortable fighting situation for him to get to do it in South Florida. So that's a benefit for him as well, but yeah, it, it is surprising. You know, I think for him, you know, it, it, you got to find that mix of taking on the right guy. That'll get everybody kind of juiced up. Um, but also like, what aren't the matches? He's fought basically everybody outside of maybe Islam. So, I think it's a fun, fresh matchup. It's it's kind of cool to have the uh, the crossing of eras right there, and uh, and see where uh, Benoit Saint Denis is out, and and if Borea still got it. You're not kidding when you say he's fought everybody. I'm looking at it: Jim Miller, Michael Johnson, Anthony Pettis, Justin Gaethje, Eddie Alvarez, Max Holloway, Khabib. You mentioned Dan Hooker, McGregor a couple of times, Charles Oliveira, Michael Chandler, Gaethje, and like it is. You want to talk about a guy that's one of, if not the most impressive resume out there right now, as good as Dustin Poirier is probably still a little bit underrated. And as I'm giving him love, I'm also going to say, I don't think he's going to win this fight. In fact, I wouldn't be surprised if he gets knocked out. It's going to be, you know, it's going to be an interesting one to see. And I think, you know, it's going to tell us a lot about uh, Benoit Saint-Denis too, you know, like where you, you want to talk about getting thrown into the deep end, like, you know, right away, you're going to see the, the, you know, 
whether or not he's going to be the real deal. But if you want to get fast tracked to be right there on the top, do you beat Dustin Poirier? That certainly is going to show a lot of people that he is, uh, he's, you know, for real. And I think you got to give credit to him too. Cause we've talked about a lot of these guys who, you know, kind of burst onto the scene and maybe slow rolled a little bit and, you know, to go out there and take on a guy like Dustin Poirier after, you know, the, the highlight real performance that he's just coming off over for Vola, you know, he's, he's gotta be thinking to himself. Yeah. I'm going to take this opportunity right here, uh, riding this five fight win streak and, uh, and, and, and see if I could do it against an absolute legend, maybe an underrated legend, like you said, but Poirier is, uh, he's the real deal, man. So I'm excited about this one, but I, I can't go against my guy. Like I love Dustin Poirier. I know you do, but, and he might be a top 10 fighter of all time now that I see it in front of me, but I don't like this matchup for him right before that at UFC 298. Also just announced Armand Saruki in the favorite and a fight against Charles Oliveira plus 140. Another weird fight, right? Because Oliveira was about to fight for the belt and now he's fighting Armand Saruki. And I assume he wins that fight. Then he fights for the belt. Why take this one? Yeah, it's a weird one. Uh, it seems like Islam's on the shelf for a little bit, according to Dana. So I guess they're just trying to get interesting fights. Don't say no to Uncle Dana. So like he wants to uh he wants to get a very entertaining fight out there. Gaethje, you really can't make Gaethje fight. He just, you know, had the knockout over Poirier, even though, you know, there's a little bit of length on that one. Um, love it. I mean, I'd love to see, you know, if Sarukian can take out a guy like Charles Oliveira. It's interesting that you 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 mentioned these two fights and both of the young guys are looked upon as the favorites, not heavy favorites, but they're looked upon as healthy favorites in this one. Uh, Oliveira, I'm a little bit surprised about, but but we always talk about this on this show. Oliveira, probably one of the weirdest fighters as far as odds makers are concerned. Like nobody ever seems to really have the right grasp of where he should be at, what should be his line, because we'll see crazy lines for Oliveira on both ends. and be like, I neither one of them made sense. Uh, mostly it's as a dog, but you know, if I know you, you, you love yourself some Charlie Olive. So seeing him as a dog has to be tempting. I'm thinking about trying to get parlayed, man. And now it would be, it would take me a while. Cause I would have to make a bet at UFC 298 and then wait for a bet at UFC 299. But you might be talking me into these veterans and underdog money. You're going to give me Charles Oliveira against some up-and-comer at plus 140, maybe at plus a buck and a half by fight night, and I can parlay that with right now Dustin Poirier at plus 125. Those are both pick and fights. The reason that the guy is favored is because he's the, as you point out, the young, hungry lion who, frankly, has a lot more to gain, and the other guy has a ton to lose. Really, in both these fights, I would say Oliveira more because – Poirier is kind of at this weird point in his career where I'm not sure that he can do a whole lot to ever fight for a title again. Just his path is a unique one. In the case of Oliveira, you tell me, it feels like he's damn close, probably a fight away. Yeah, I agreed. And I think if I had to look at both of these, if I had to pick a fight uh, to that the odds are going to flip, I would guess by fight night. You could see Oliveira maybe become the favorite. Maybe this becomes a pick 'em. For sure. Feels like it's going to be a lot closer. Whereas I feel like people might get it on St. Denise and, and all the hype behind him that's there right now, being red hot and people, yeah, listen, Dustin's taking a lot of punishment. You know, he's as good in chaos as there is. I mean, he's in, been in some of the craziest wars out there. And I don't understand how he is able to say so pristine and so good with the strike. But I'm not going to act like he hasn't taken big shots. The guy has taken some some shots, and we've seen like there there's these these guys this this you know uh, 
you know, kind of Usman age group, it, you know, they're start you Colby Covington. You're starting to wonder like, is that starting to get to the other side of it? Um, and if I had to guess one or the other, maybe who's got a, you got to wonder that about more. It would certainly be Poirier because of just the types of fights he's been in. So Poirier is a little bit younger than those guys, the Usman and the Covington, not by much. I'm looking at it right now. Uh, Poirier, 34 years old. He's kind of like Benjamin Button. Wait, did Benjamin Button get older? Did he stay young? What was his he, deal? He grew younger. He was he, he looked like younger. a geezer out of the womb, but then like okay. looked like an old baby. Then I don't I think, think that this analogy works. What I'm saying is he should be like 45 years old in fight years. He's he's got Max Holloway syndrome, right? Like, how old's Max? You told me the other day. 32, I think. That's crazy. Max should That's be crazy. 50 years old. I've been watching him fight since I was four. That's insane. Yeah, I don't I don't understand Max Holloway. I don't understand how he is just the age that he's at. But, um, you know, it, it really just with with Dustin, I don't know if he's necessarily slowed down. But, man, you just have to wonder, like, how many of these can you go through? He might just be a special one that can. I mean, I know that, you know, he's always training. He'll come down. And, and the thing with Dustin is he doesn't necessarily have to be in camp to be in training. Like, he'll you know, do his life in Lafayette, then, you know, take a three week trip down to South Florida and then go back home. And so I think that, you know, he's always going to keep himself in shape and keep ready, but you know, it's, it's, it's going to be an interesting test for him to, to kind of go up against the, uh, the young hungry lion right now, who is uh, trying to show that, Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm a true contender in this division. Max is 32, by the way, you got that one, right? Uh, you want a 39 year old? I got one for you. Chris Weidman getting back into the octagon, UFC Atlantic City versus Bruno Silva. I love Weidman, but it just feels like, again, at this point in his career, maybe he's doing it for himself. I can't really see how he improves his legacy, and I don't like watching him fight. Don't disagree with you. Yeah, the last time it was rough. I, I was almost wondering, like, it, it felt like the last time he was in there was almost a level of, hey, I want to go out of my own terms, and you got to respect that as a fighter. Um, But... You know, it was a bit of a rough watch because it's tough not to think about the injury, man. It's it's tough. It's a brutal thing that happened to him. Um, I don't know why with like Anderson Silva, I didn't think about it as much, but Anderson never felt quite the same after right afterwards, lost. didn't you? Because we saw Silva maybe maybe fought, dude fought probably ten a dozen fights after the leg injury, right? Like it's not like that came close to ending his career. No, and it the, didn't. In the case of Weidman, the, I, we haven't seen the same guy since, right? Like, Anderson was great even after that. Well, he only won one fight after the injury. I'm looking Anderson. at it. He, Anderson, yeah. He won okay. the – well, I guess te I guess technically he won He won the Nick Diaz fight. He got overturned or no contest. He lost to Bisbing. Yeah, okay, uh, right. Almost beat Bisbing. That was a really great fight between both of them. Um, you know, thought he had Bisbing knocked out. He didn't. Then he had the Cormier at UFC 200. We talked about last week, of course, kind of a stinker. He got a win over Derek Brunson. We all remember that being a very controversial win. Uh, lost to Izzy Adesanya, lost to uh, Killer Gorilla, and lost to Uriah Hall via TKO. So at, he was never the same after the leg injury, but it didn't. I, I don't remember the squeamish feeling uh, that that I got watching him fight, especially the 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 the, the Bisping fight. That was a really great fight. Way to bring up facts to bust my point. Nothing pisses me off more than when you do that. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Brendan Tobin, sports machine, Sean Levine. I might have to come down to Miami and bust your leg, dude. Uh, Raul Rosas Jr. back in the octagon, UFC Mexico City versus Ricky. How the hell do you say this guy's last name? Tersois? Let's call yeah. it that. 
I think that I think Rosas Jr. is at that point in his career where keep winning, find yourself in main events, and then within the next handful of years. I mean, we won't talk about young guys. Rosas Jr. is still what, 18 years old? You got a while, dude. Yeah. I mean, he's he's uh he's 19 now, but like, you know, he's already had that adversity that he's had to face. You know, he took a loss. I remember him that was at UFC Miami. I remember him uh Got beat up. But he did uh he did bounce back in September, won uh via TKO in the first round. So it's uh you know, it's it's great to see him back out there. This is a crazy thing he's trying to do. He's he's gonna have damn near I mean, if you want to count contender series, it's gonna be his fifth UFC fight. If he don't, his fourth. And uh doing that before, you know, you turn twenty years old is is pretty impressive. So very excited to see him back. The kid uh absolutely looks like the real deal in town and, and is only just gonna get better. Yeah, talk about a fast track. Harold Rosas Jr. is certainly on one. All right, let's get in the boxing ring for a little bit here. Francis Ngannou and Anthony Joshua. Like That's actually going down. Official Saudi Arabia in March, 10 rounds. Last time we saw Francis Ngannou with boxing gloves, you and I both watched the whole fight. I watched it a few times, and I think that he beat Tyson Fury. And I think Tyson Fury is a better fighter than Anthony Joshua. I don't like necessarily doing this math because I'm not good at it, but Am I trying to talk myself into Ngannou? Can he beat Anthony Joshua in a boxing match? Look, we're all, I think, should be out of the business of doubting Francis Ngannou. That should not happen, I think, at all. I mean, every every time we do doubt him, it seems like he just laughs and I say, ah, you can't beat Surreal Gone. I'll I'll grapple him and keep my belts. You can't do, can't get a monster deal. You can't get a Tyson Fury. I'll knock his ass down. So None of us should be in the business of doubting Francis Ngannou. I'm, I, I haven't seen the the numbers on it or the slate on the uh, the odds yet. I can probably bring those up real quick. But this is going to be an interesting test, Sean, because AJ did look very good his last fight against Otto Wallin, who's a contender. You know, he's he's a it's a B level win, but it was he looked good and and he and he and he looked probably the best he's looked in a long time. But the thing that I think is going to be interesting with AJ is. AJ always keeps himself in relatively good shape. He's you're not, I think, going to get an Anthony Joshua who's going to take Francis lightly. I don't think it would be kind of crazy after what he saw with Tyson Fury to think he's going to come in there and take Francis Ngannou lightly. So Francis, I don't know if he necessarily has that element of surprise. Now, doesn't matter because he's maybe the heaviest hitter in all of combat sports, so he may catch him anyway. And Anthony Joshua is certainly susceptible to being put on the canvas, but that's the one thing that's going to be interesting here is watching what, you know, what does Francis, you know, handle with a guy who's ready and and knowing that, okay, this guy's no joke in a boxing ring. So right now, Nganu is a, a heavy underdog. Plus 500, plus 700, depending on where you bet him. It's not going to take it. Man, twist my arm. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Where yeah. can I bet? done take my money it's heavyweight fighting right like and you're probably even just better off just saying take him by knockout see what he can do there and and uh and just throw a little something on it and maybe you get a big because he is actually got the puncher's chance in this one for sure so i'm with you i and 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 i love it you know props to aj apparently the deal was super easy to make I love this, you know, anthony joshua has got to be laughing right now because he's figured oh my deontay wilder fight got derailed but i think honestly i'm kind of more hyped for this one because you know deontay's looked a little bit long in the tooth and uh i'm, I'm excited to see this this is this is you know this is going to be a fun fight a fun build-up i think 
excited. We're about to get rich on it, dude. Are you kidding me? And got with that that kind of money? What? Did, d- okay, I'll do it. Um, speaking of boxing, your boy getting back in the boxing ring. Jorge Masvidal versus Nate Diaz. Anytime they fight, I don't care where it is. I'm watching. I'm interested. That's supposed to go down March in Las Vegas, part of the Happy Punch promotion. We'll see if it actually happens. I know you're in for it. Yeah, I mean, like, I'll I'll definitely get to tune in. I, I, I love seeing, you know, Jorge back in action and glad to see that. He, you know, he had this tweet unretired and everything. Oh, was he going to come back for UFC Miami? All right, no, it turns out he's going to come back. The Nate Diaz fight, though, it's like... You know, they fought. They fought pretty recently. It wasn't a controversial fight. So, I mean, it's it's a Diaz brother, so people are always going to be interested in it. I'm not going to say, you know, it's going to have no buzz because just the Diaz brothers bring that. But it was, a, it was a bit of a strange choice, I thought, because, like, there's no – doesn't seem like there's a huge storyline here. They had a very famous fight for the BMF belt, the OG BMF title, uh, running that back a little bit, but – was a bit of a strange, I think, matchup uh, all in all making that fight. The OG BMF. How many more letters can you throw into that? There's a little bit of controversy, though, right? People thought they stopped it too soon, and they could have kept going. A little bit. Nah. A little bit. A little bit. Just, just a little bit. Who, uh, who that's was, who, the, the Diaz cult thought it was a little bit uh, too much, right? Well, I had it. my money on Diaz, so I'm stop- I, I think they still should have. What, what, what they ended in? The third or the fourth? I don't know. They called it in the third. Brendan Tobin, sports machine Sean Levine. He's in Miami. I'm in Kansas City. Oh, guess what? Dolphins at Chiefs coming up on Saturday. Who wins that fight? We talk about the rest of the NFL games as well. Right now, I'm looking at the weather. It's supposed to be uh, zero degrees here in Kansas City. That's nothing. That's cold. Back at it on the other side here on the BetQL Network. On the BetQL Network. And we are back. Brendan Tobin, sports machine, Sean Levine. Most of the time, we're talking fighting here on Tapped Out, trying to make some money at BetMGM. And we'll still try to do that. However, let's get out of the octagon, the boxing ring, and onto the football field because, my dude, our teams play each other. You, uh, down in Miami, covering the Dolphins. Me, in Kansas City, covering the Kansas City Chiefs. Let's talk about some of the fights that we're going to see. Right now, the line Miami plus three and a half coming to Arrowhead. First fight I wanted to ask you about is the Dolphins versus the weather. Everybody knows they're not great when they get out of South Beach, when they get off the sandy shores, and when they have to go into the cold. And I'm looking right now. I told you before the break was supposed to be zero degrees. Now it's supposed to be negative one degrees during the game. 
uh, historically, that's not good for the Dolphins. Yeah, it's definitely uh, it's definitely the harshest conditions they're going to face this year on the road. You know, even when they Kansas City, we talked about this, you know, early in the season, they did it in Germany for whatever reason. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to do's, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Um, weird decision, weird game. Kind of forgot it happened. Let's do uh, it again at Arrowhead. Um, so it, it's, it, it, you know, it's not only the Dolphins are going into just frigid weather. I looked it up uh, during, uh, during the, uh, the local show. Sean down here in Miami and I was like what the hell is a severe winter warning this is very foreign to me I'm like it's 70 degrees right now it's well, that's beautiful. going on right now no it, no 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 I don't, I don't understand 70, what like, are you what? 70 degrees I'm literally looking at two feet uh, not even not two feet that's exaggerating there's at least six and a half inches of snow outside that's my window crazy as I don't that understand I don't understand and so it's only going to get colder you tell me that it's going to and windier. wind and snow and windier that's right yeah, I don't think that I don't think that makes for a lot of passing for the uh, for the for the cheetah. You know, I don't think that that's going to be very conducive to that. Maybe I'll be right. I mean, he's obviously used to it. He's played in Kansas City before um, our quarterback Tua. Well, he's I remember him one time he had this he Tua. it was his second year. The Dolphins could have made the playoffs. He had a terrible performance in Tennessee where it was just very, very cold in Tennessee, but not like three. It was like 36, something like that. But you might as well have like thrown Tua into an igloo. Like it was just ridiculous. He was so cold. And then he said, uh, "Don't worry, I'm going to do some training in the off season about this. I'm going to go, you know, do some winter training." And the Dolphins didn't make the playoffs, and and he's and we're like, "Oh, great." Comes back to OTAs. We ask him about it, and he's like, "Yeah, I went to uh, Maryland to train with my brother." I was like, "What Maryland? That's what, I thought you were going to go to Alaska with like Zonk. That you went to Maryland." <laughs> that's why you went just, if he's gonna try to like mimic the weather try to do you guys have costcos down there yes i would find a costco and i would find the the walk-in freezer because something tells me it's really big and throw a football in there for a while because legitimately it's going to be bitter cold so when we talk about the matchup Tua versus mahomes it's almost like we've had so much fun talking about it but does it really matter in that type of weather in these conditions i mean you got to think that, I mean, I've been saying this about you guys. I know a lot of people want to write off the Chiefs. I'm sure you don't feel great about where your team is at, but you are the champs. There is a pedigree to that, and it is at home. I mean, you guys, for whatever reason, I don't know what horseshoe you guys have up your bleep, but you always get home games in the playoffs. Well, if you win the um, division, that's what they do. I know I mean, it's been it's, a while for y'all, but it has been a while. let me re-explain the rules to you. If you win the division, they give you a home game, I, and the I Chiefs was, have done that eight times. Just I was saying. hoping. I was hoping for multiple home games and the Dolphins just yacked <laughs> all over themselves. You're it's, cute. It's just, it's, You're cute. you know, so it's a little bit earth shattering. We were all sitting here, you know, three weeks ago and the Dolphins were laughing at the bills and they were 10 and three and the bills were six and six. And now here we are, you know, just like going to Kansas city in, in, in a winter explosion. So I don't know the thing that's, uh, you know, honestly, that's, that's interesting. I honestly thought the Dolphins were going to be bigger underdogs in this. So them being, just plus three and a half. I'm like, I, I really think that 
It's surprising because I know that the Kansas City Chiefs have not looked like the Kansas City Chiefs this year. But I, I just figured with the way the Dolphins have kind of fallen off, everybody knows the narrative of them, you know, kind of fattening up on the bums of the league. I thought for sure this was going to be at least a five-point spread trending towards a touchdown favorite for the Chiefs. So I'm a little surprised it's as a, a close a line as it is. Dude, I thought the Chiefs might be a touchdown, an extra point, and a hook. Like, yeah. if you would have asked me, I would have said seven and a half. I'm stunned that it's three and a half. Yeah, both teams have been a sinking ship now for a while, but the Chiefs are at home. The Chiefs are used to the weather. The Chiefs just gave themselves a bye, essentially, because they didn't play their starters because they already had the division wrapped up. Again, if you win the division, they give you a home game. That's just how it works. I'm just saying, dude, it does feel like the line isn't nearly big enough. Maybe trying to get some Dolphins action in on it. It feels like, I don't know, feels like there's probably going to be a lot of late money between now and kickoff coming in on Kansas City if that number stays at three and a half, right? I don't yeah, I, I gotta think so. I don't know what you guys you can maybe, you know, update people on injury situation, but just to let people know where the Dolphins are at, they just signed Justin Houston, you know, ah, former yeah, chief. That Justin Houston, because the Dolphins have lost Jalen Phillips, Bradley Chubb, they lost Andrew Van Ginkle, they lost their starting linebacker and Jerome Baker. They're not gonna have Xavier Howard, their starting cornerback. Uh, their starting free safety, Javon Holland, has two sprained MCLs he's playing on. Keep Not talking, one, so I'm emptying my two, bank account on the Chiefs right now. Two sprained MCLs he's playing on. So the healthy Dolphins on defense are basically Christian Wilkins, Zach Sealer, the defensive tackles, and, of course, Jalen Ramsey. Everybody else is either out for the season or very, very banged up. Um, and I know that the storyline is going to be two of Mahomes. If this Dolphins you know, defense, they're probably going to need the assist of the supernatural of the weather to slow things down because they are not just banged up. They're decimated on defense. And just to clarify, this is that Justin Houston, not his son. No, it's they signed somebody else too. Like they've been signing like your Eric Barry, your, your all your, 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 your pro bowl via 2016 pass rushers. These are who the dolphins are bringing in this week to try and like, dial it up for a week it was it's 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 wild man how how badly this has gotten for them i, I believe neil smith is still out there for the take and he's got to be about 60 at this point i'm friends with neil actually great guy um let's go through some of these other games who wins the fight there's a couple of road favorites one in the afc one in the nfc browns laying two and a half at the texans does that surprise you yeah, it does. I feel like the I feel like the Texans are getting a little disrespected. You got to pick them. That's a pick them, yeah. right? You got to uh, you got to res- you know respect the holy hell out of Joe Flacco. But the thing about Joe Flacco is this dude is just he's literally just gunslinging. Like he's going in there every game. Seems like it's three hundred yards, three touchdowns, two picks, or three hundred yards, two touchdowns, three picks. Like he's just he's letting it rip. Uh, they obviously have a very good defense, uh, very intimidating. They've been able to with with withstand the storm that they've had to, but uh, dude, I'm in on the CJ Stroud. Like this guy's been this guy's been awesome. D'Amico Ryan and what he's been able to do with that team. Them as a home dog, I'm all I'm all about that. I, What's I, up, I, home dog? I'm You're right though. That. I'm looking at Flacco's numbers since he's came back. Every game he's had at least two touchdowns and one interception. And your description was spot on. So last game, three touchdowns, one pick. Before that, three touchdowns. Two picks before that, two touchdowns and three picks, three and one, two and one. That's what he does. It's going to be a shootout 
in that game. Get the over-under for me, if you can, while I'm talking, because I don't necessarily feel too strongly either way. If you twist my arm, I guess I would take the Texans on the money line at home, but whatever number you give me, I'm going to take the overs because they're going to be throwing the ball on both sides. Yeah, the over-under for this game is set at 44 and a half way over in the 50s maybe the high 50s that feels 44 and a half we're gonna be getting close to that by halftime sports machine sean levine brendan tobin talking about the fights coming up the nfl playoffs this weekend can't believe it's already here steelers at bills this is your biggest line as far as super wild card weekend goes Buffalo laying 10. They're trying to get some Pittsburgh money. I can't imagine too much that's going to come in because Buffalo's been white hot. You know, they have been white hot. The And I know that they don't have TJ Watt, it seems like, this week. You know, that, that sucks that they don't have him. The thing with Buffalo, you know, it's just – it's so frustrating the Dolphins lost that game, Sean. I was gonna like, say, they, what, what they, are you about to say about Buffalo? They what are literally, you like, the thing with the Dolphins being so inept to win that game, that Buffalo was, like, just please take the – they were begging the Dolphins, take the division, go. Here's the dumbest interceptions. Here's the fumbles. Here's terrible coaching decisions. There's just – there's there's a self-destructiveness to the Bills. They always just seem to skate. And then you have the Steelers who just seem like they're always like always on track, double digit wins on the road. I'm not saying they're going to win. It sounds like you are. I'm not saying they're going to win, but it's a 10 point spread. I'll take the points. I'll take the You talk me into I'll it. I'll take dude. the points. You I'll talk points. me into it. The money line, you can get the Steelers at like three to one, four to one. You might have talked me into a little bit of that money too. Let's jump over to the NFC. The Packers were the last team in the playoffs on that side on the road at the Cowboys. That's that tricky line we were just talking about. Cowboys laying seven and a half. I just, I, I, I never bet a seven and a half. I just, I'm Forrest Gump, man. I run and then I keep running as far and fast as I can. You going to bet that one? Um, It doesn't really take up my fancy too much. Um, I, I you know, I got to think the Cowboys probably handle this one. This was the one where like, if I look over the week, I'm like, what should be a blowout? That should be the Cowboys blowing this, the Packers out. It is, you know, and if not, you you just know Mike McCarthy's like losing to his former team. Like Jerry Jones going to fire him on the way to the locker room, and should. But the problem is because they'd be at home and won the you know they backdoor kind of won the division with Philly's collapse. We'll get to yeah. the Eagles here in just a second. You're right. It feels like the Cowboys should blow them out. The problem with that seven and a half is. They could blow them out. They could be up by 14. Points don't matter. End of the game. They turn the ball over, you know, on downs or whatever. And then the Packers come down and score a meaningless touchdown with five seconds left. And then they kick the extra point and you screwed and the seven and a half covers. So that's why I run from that number every single time. You should too. Uh, Rams at Lions. This is another tricky one because the Rams have been playing really well. The Lions have really been one of the more consistent teams in the in, in the entire season This in the NFL NFC or AFC, the only time they really pooped the bed was on Thanksgiving when everybody was watching and everybody was betting on them. They're laying three. That feels like, okay, I'll lay the three with the Lions. Agreed. Yeah, that's the thing with me is like, this is another one. I'm, I'm a little surprised the Lions not uh, a little fatter. I, I would think that they would be a little bit more of a favorite. Yeah. I guess you get the respect to McVay and, you know, Stafford's going to have the return to Detroit and he'll have the gooseies and he'll have the field, but golf revenge game too, dude. Like you basically got cast aside because he said they weren't good enough to win a Super Bowl with him. And, and by the way, they were right. So now, you know, this is a fun storyline game. 
but three points. Yeah. I think the Lions should handle that. I, I I'm, I'm very, very comfortable with that. Um, and so, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm rocking with the Lions. I think that they should be, I mean, honestly, they should be the two seed if it wasn't for a crooked official. So, you know, I think that I, I definitely have faith that they can cover the three. You say crooked. I say dumb. Every time I heard that guy speak, I was just like, I just don't think this guy is very bright. Oh, and then the last game, the Eagles. We talk about all these tricky lines, and I talked about there was a another road favorite. Here we are, Philly, minus two and a half at the Bucks. I can't believe I'm saying this. Maybe it's injuries. Maybe it's my eyes they're telling me. But I think I trust Baker Mayfield at home more than I trust even Jalen Hurts with that crooked-ass finger on the road. I think Philly's done, man. Yeah, it, it's just – it's hard to argue with you, man. Like, I got to think, like – look, Tampa's one of those markets where certainly I'm sure there's going to be a huge contingent of Philly fans that make their way to that game. So I don't know how much the home field advantage will – you know, play into it. Miami Philly, people hate Tampa people, right? No, that's usually just where a lot of our grant, like people used to say, oh, Florida is where they, you know, people, you know, go to retire. We kicked them all out from South Florida to, oh, you to, to West Florida. Yeah, we booted oh. them over to that oh, coast. Don't hate that. Just made them leave. The, the old, the old are over on the West coast of, uh, of, of Florida now. But, um, yeah, it's just hard to believe. It's hard to believe in the Eagles right now. They're just a mess. You, you you trust Matt Patricia. You're doomed. I mean, like that's seems like a terrible decision. I don't. I'm not really into this game. This feels like it's got like twelve six written all over it. Like just just blech on a Monday night, you know, after what probably could be a really fun wild card weekend. I can't imagine this being a good game. I think I'm staying the hell away from it. No, this is one that you watch with one eye open. Probably don't bet on it. Let it be on in the background because you're right. We're looking at this is 13-3 all over it. That's Brendan Tobin. I'm the sports machine, Sean Levine. Since we can't seem to get along, let's get it on. Coming up next, you're going to fight me right here on Tapped Out. into the cage with Brendan Tobin in Are You Gonna Fight Me? I'm gonna fight your ass. Here on Tapped Out. That's right, fight me like a man. Only on the BetQL Network. You know the rules. I want a good, clean fight. When I tell you to break, I want you to step back up my command and break. Now go back to the corner and come out fighting at the bell. And we roll along. Tapped Out here on the BetQL Network. Appreciate you if you're checking us out on YouTube, on the Odyssey app. That there, Brendan, I'm the sports machine. Time to fight each other, my friend, turn foe. UFC 300 is now just a few months away. I think I have some good fights on the undercard. These popular type fighters, the Tai Tuivasas, the Nate the Train, Nate the Train in the UFC, Thug Rose. You're going to fight me if I say we see at least one of those fighters at UFC 300. No, not going to fight you. I think that that's a great opportunity, you know, to give some of these guys, especially a guy like Nate. Nate the train to go out there and get a little bit more shine on a big time car. That'd be really, really cool. So don't fight you at all. I think that's what you, uh, you got to do stack it full of names. That's kind of what they're doing right now. I don't know if there's still a, like 
huge matchup at 300 you're just like all, all over but like you know the, there's just a lot of quality fighters right now they'll get there and they keep stacking up 299 they just added dustin poirier to that card in miami all right lots of back and forth between tom aspinall and john jones john everybody knows is the goat but are you gonna fight me if i say for being as good as he is and i say this on literally the day that he has elbow surgery so godspeed to you my guy um very thin skin for being the greatest fighter of all time, incredibly thin skin. I mean, not going to fight you. I would think, I, honestly, you know, there's a lot of athletes that have rabbit ears. I, I do think fighters uh, amongst the best people to deal with in the media as far as interviews, also amongst the most sensitive or, you know, will will clap back at you. I mean, like, it happens. They just, they, they do. They don't have a lot of time. Also, it's one of these things they don't get to perform a lot. You know, it's two, three, maybe four fights. So what do you got the rest of the time? You tweet, you know, is he a little Kevin Durant, uh, Kevin Durantish with his, uh, <laughs> with his, with his Twitter? Yeah, a little bit, but I like it. I like the fact that, you know, uh, you know, John, I do think has, a, he's one of these guys that's like, man, he still could give you a few prime years left. But, like, he's also, like, cemented his legacy. So anybody who has anything to say about him, I just think it's 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 wild. I don't know, like, who's going to become – I don't know when I'm going to get to that age where it's, like, you argue – like, there'll be some snot-nosed kid who will be like, no, nah, dude, Sean O'Malley's the best fighter of all time. And I'll be like, no, get off my lawn. But I think that John – that's probably what John Jones feels like is, like, dude – Aspinall, you've been a thing for three seconds. Get off my lawn, dude. Like, what are you talking about? I'm scared of you. You're Tom Aspinall. I've been in there with a juiced-up Vitor Belfort, like, with with on my arm, trying to snap it off. I'm scared of you. Get out of here, dude. You're going to be that old man in a rocking chair outside. Man, I'd say you got, like, a good five, six years left, so enjoy them. And then you're that guy, by the way. Uh, who's got thinner skin? Kevin Durant? John Jones or Kanye West. They're all see-through skin dudes, man. Come on. We can see all their bones. All them uh, dudes. Come on. All I, great, by the way. Durant makes me laugh. I like Durant's clavic because he'll 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 assassinate like a, an eight-year-old on Twitter. He doesn't care. Like he's like, I don't care. He's like, I he he's got he and I like the fact that Kevin Durant went from burners to just, you know what? It is me. And I'm gonna just <laughs> go after anybody. Like because most people will be weenies behind their burners. No, 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 no. Kevin Durant, I gladly, you know, he got he got found out, and then he's like, you know what, it is me, and now I'm just gonna own it and just light you light you all up. So you give guys one weenie pass. So even though he was a weenie, he yeah. admitted to it afterwards. You're cool right. with that, okay? Yes, all right. gotcha. Brendan Tobin, Sports Machine, Sean Levine, uh, talking weenies and talking fighting here on the BetQL Network. MMA fighting said Matt Brown, I quote. Conor McGregor will never do anything significant in the octagon again. Matt Brown said that. I agree. You're going to fight me? Um, Depends, I guess, what you define as significant. It means significant winning. I do agree. If it's going to be something that we'll all remember, do something viral like your wife is in me DMs or something that we'll all remember and have a viral moment. No, I would say Conor McGregor is still good for a couple of those before it's all said and done. Um. But yeah, it's hard to believe to Matt's point. Like, it's hard to believe that he can do something significant. He's a little bit on. We've seen, you know, it's an instrument, you know, sometimes 
we want to talk ourselves into these fighters because I think we love them. I think we love we genuinely hold on to the primes of these guys. Absolutely. And sometimes we just got to believe in our eyes. And it's like when they tell us it's over, what it's over. You know, Tony Ferguson, we're sitting here, we're dying for Tony to to get it done. Come on, Tony. You know, these moments we hold on to. And it's just over. Anderson Silva, we just talked about him. And when it's over, dude, it's over. And I just think with with uh with Connor, it's been forever since we've seen him win a fight. Especially, you know, Donald Cerrone telling you in the shoulder win that like I literally didn't want to be out there in that fight. So when have you seen this guy around against Khabib? Like it's been so long, dude. Every now and again, they got one more in him and we think they're done. Robbie Lawler. Robbie Lawler. That's Every true. now and again. And that's a why we love animal. it, dude. You He's know what I mean? Animal. Like, you're right. Tony Ferguson's probably going to go out there and get his jaw rearranged. But what if he doesn't? What if he goes out there and has that first round <laughs> knockout? Dude, we were like calling each other in tears like little boys that night. So we'll come be on. Let's... We'll be sitting here betting your plus 600. And one day it's going to hit. And I'll keep doing it, dude. I'll keep playing that dog. Um, Trevor Peak says he wants Patty Pimblett. You're going to fight me if I say he would whoop Patty the Batty's ass. I just think that, you know, can't can't deny it. I mean, Patty's not look great. And then and, and Trevor's been on a good been on a good run. I I just don't know who you got a lot of faith on uh, on Patty right now, especially, you know, guys in their prime guys in that same age bracket. So, uh, but I like it. Like, I, you know, it's, I think about in that range of where he should go, you took out the old guy. All right, let's go back to somebody within your age group. If Patty was a stock though, buy low, sell high, right? I don't have money to play the stocks, but now's the time. If you're going to buy in on Patty, um, I'm looking at the current top 15 pound for pound Islam Jones, Volk, Edwards, Pereira, Oliveira, Strickland, O'Malley, Izzy, Pantoja, Aljo, Aspinall, Holloway, Usman, and Yuri. You're going to fight me if I say, how in the world is Shavkat Rachmanov not in that top 15? Uh, I agree from the standpoint of uh, I think he should be in there. But, uh, you know, I'm going to fight you on the idea of, like, I get it. Like, nobody, nobody's given him the flowers yet. You know, nobody's given him the idea that he is one of those, uh, one of those absolute top guys. I'm curious to see, like, what it is, you know, going to take to get him there, you know, with his win over, over uh, Wonder Boy. He did what he had to do. Apparently, he did it injured. He did dominate that fight. Wasn't the most thrilling fight in the world, but he did still keep his perfect finish rate. I mean, that's a guy I would love to see like on a on a three hundred again. I don't know if that's too quick a turnaround because he is banged up. But if not, then then maybe on the Connor card. If it is a Connor card at International Fight Week, I just think that keep putting that guy in spots where everybody can see him. That's actually where it makes the most sense now that you talk it out. Is just wait as long as you can. Let him get healthy. 300 doesn't make a ton of sense because I don't know if his name is big enough yet, but if you put him on the Connor card after that international fight week in Vegas, I think you just did the matchmaking for the guys. They owe you a little bit on the side. Uh, Francis Ngannou, March 8th, is going to be fighting Anthony Joshua. We looked at the odds. Francis is a huge underdog, 5-1, to 7-1, to one, depending on where you bet. You're going to fight me if I say, if this goes really well for Francis Ngannou, he might just say, screw it to the PFL. He might say, screw it to MMA altogether. I would get the logic of it um, for sure. I fight you on it because Francis does just seem like a guy who's a different cat. He sticks to his morals. He sticks to his guns. So I think that there's a part of him that feels like he owes it 
to the PFL to just do it at least once. I think there would be plenty of people in your camp who would like tell him, forget this dude. We've knocked out, you know, do Anthony Joshua. Maybe he beats him. Rematch against Tyson Fury. What are those? That's two $20 million paydays. That's what, I'm saying. what do you need to go fight Bigfoot Silva for? You know? But I think there's part of Francis that like a lot of people laughed at him. We've had, uh, you know, Sean, Sean O'Connell from the, the PFL on. Like they were very geeked up to get him. And I do think there's part of Francis that like does want to harbor that. Remember, it was a big thing for him to get the opponent first up for it. That's, that's pretty unheard of in MMA. So I think there's part of him that wants to be like that, that beacon, that, that uh, ambassador for it as well. So while some logic and selfishness would say, yeah, do, do exactly what you're saying. I think Francis is, 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 is got some, uh, got some, some morals to him. I don't think he's going to do that. I completely agree. Weird times, by the way, where we've got Francis and Ghanu, we've got John Jones, we've got Tom Aspinall, three different people will tell you that those are each the baddest man on the planet. None of those guys would be wrong, and we're probably never going to see them fight each other. It's I crazy. I know. It's, it kind of sucks. It does kind of suck because it's not something we're used to in MMA. Usually in MMA, we get the answers, and the fact that we don't uh, is pretty rough. But, look, I never say anybody's a better fighter than John Jones, but Francis Ngannou, that guy, he nobody took his belt from him in the UFC. <laughs> the dude knocked down the lineal heavyweight champion of the world in boxing, like, he may actually have – I've never said this with anybody walking the earth with John Jones, but he may actually have the claim as the baddest man on the planet. On our friendship, BT, I would take Aspinall over both those guys. Wow. Really? Yeah. So we wouldn't I, be friends anymore. Okay. Well, I think we would be, and you'd have to send me another apology <laughs> text because, dude, Tom Aspinall is that guy. I've been trying to tell you this. For a while. All right. Uh, Sean Strickland, Drake is Duplessis is our next pay-per-view. We're going to talk about that coming up on the other side. Um, what else we got here? Oh, one more. Ryan Garcia. This was crazy. Announced the birth of his kid. And then like two hours later announced that he was divorcing the baby's mama. Um, I've never been married, so I don't know like the right protocol for all this. But you're going to fight me if I say it feels like at least 48 hours. I would think that's a little bit more sensitive. Yeah, I would let the I would let the 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 pain meds wear off for yes. uh, for your baby Thank mama you. in that case. I would think maybe it was very you know I would guess in this case they probably knew. Hey, once this is over, we're we're done. So not surprising if you like you know hear the stuff about Ryan Garcia's personal life. So uh, you know, best of luck. Hopefully they co-parent well. Well, obviously that was the plan ahead of time, but you can let them cut the umbilical cord. It feels like they pulled out the scissors and he's like, that's it. It's over. Uh, Bye-bye. All right. Coming up next, we say bye-bye in our final segment here. Brendan and the sports machine on Tapped Out.
with more Tapped Out with Brendan Tobin and Sean Levine on the BetQL Network. Wrapping things up here on Tapped Out. We appreciate you checking out the show. Let's breeze through UFC Las Vegas 84 coming up on Saturday night. Give me your best bets, and then we'll preview UFC 297, which is now right around the corner. We got a rematch, BT. Magomed Ankalaev, minus 450 versus Johnny Walker, plus 340. I'll always play Johnny Walker, especially at plus 340 underdog money. I don't love it. Are you going to pay the minus 450 for Ankalaev? I know you like him as a fighter. I do. That's a big price for a him. Big number. That's a that's a big number for him. Um, you know, I, I'd like to, I'd like to see you know once the method odds come out this week, like uh, something like Ankalaev by decision. I feel like is probably the safest play to go because that's basically how his fights have been going. But as a fan, I really would like to see Ankalaev for himself have kind of a statement win. You know, Johnny Walker's always going to garner attention. I get, you know, why you would play the value in him just because, hey, he's a wild man, dude. You want to talk about he can find a finish from pretty much anywhere. He's going to try and do it. If you guys didn't see the last time these guys fought, got a, 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 a medical issue. Johnny Walker is like banged up from a foul. And like the doctors like ask them, where are we right now? And he's like, what? And, and like the doctor like waved it off and he was very confused by all this. So glad that they are running this back. And I think for for Johnny Walker, like, look, if you beat on Kaliev, then the Johnny Walker all the way back story is there because it's like everybody kind of wrote this guy off. Oh, he's an ass clown. He's hurting himself doing the worm in the octagon. But if you beat on Kaliev and you're a, a three to one, four to one underdog, that's a that's a pretty cool moment for Johnny Walker. So there's part of me that's also like the Johnny Walker story is the better story as a fan. Yeah. But also, like, I I get the skill set of Kaliev. Like, if you're a purist and you like guys who don't have a lot of weaknesses that's Magomed Ankalaev um but I'm gonna I would say I'd play I'm gonna play him by car by points this week going into this one I think Ankalaev gets the win all the way back just quickly you don't think he could fight for the belt if he wins this Johnny Walker he'd have to win one more right yeah I don't think he's gonna fight for the belt just because it's such a mess there right now I mean the only the only thing I can't rule that out is like based on how 205 has been going lately like Bejeda is going to get like, I don't know, kidnapped or go become like a, a farmer or something like that and just be like, I'm out. You're like, wow, another 205 champion who was champion for three seconds. And then like we have the championship, Jamal Hill's comeback against Johnny Walker for the belt. So never say never with the 205 division, truly snake bit and weird ever since John Jones left. You're not kidding. Uh, Manel Cop fights in the co-main event, taking on Matthias Nicolau, plus 200. Cop is the favorite at minus 250. Talking about a wild man. Here's one that I really like. Ricky Simone at minus 165 versus Mario Bautista. Bautista plus 135, the slight underdog. Ricky Simone is that dude. We talk about a guy that's maybe not going to fight for the belt, but is always kind of in that conversation. I think he whoops up on Bautista. Yeah, and uh, he is he did uh, he is coming off a, a loss after having a nice streak. He got beat by Song Yudong late though, but it's Song Yudong. Like this is the thing with bantamweight; it's such a shark tank. Everybody feels like they can beat everybody, and I'm with you. Like Ricky and Simone in a very very stacked division, kind of gets swept under the rug if he maybe was to cut ten pounds. And I'm not suggesting that he does, but I'm just saying it'd be easier to stand out just because of how many guys are good at this weight class. So. Should be an interesting one for sure. Um, 
I do think that, you know, you got Batista right now, five straight for him. But, you know, Simone is, for you, I'm, I'm with you. There's value there. I like him. I'm a big fan. I'm not ready to write him off yet. No, not at all. And I'm maybe even more impressed with him after his loss, as you mentioned last time out. Jim Miller for the one millionth time, minus 115, also steps in the octagon on Saturday night. Even money against Gabe Benitez. Let's look forward to UFC 297. Now we're just a couple of weeks out. It's been a minute since we've seen a pay-per-view. And the last one, Colby Covington, Leon Edwards, Woo! left a little bit to be desired. I don't think it happens in the main event of Sean Strickland versus Drake's 2 plus E. Right now, 2 plus E, even money. Strickland, a very, very slight favorite. I think it probably stays that way. And to be honest with you, you know, I say sometimes I wait until the walkout to make my bet. I want to see who looks better literally right before the fight because I this is as even as it gets. I'm with you, dude. Like, this is one of those where, like, it's a very even fight. If you do feel like there's a strong lean that you like, maybe go with it now. But I'm like, I want to see everything this week. I want to see the press conference, the conflict that they're going to have with one another. You're going to have a press conference. You're going to have a weigh-in. You're going to have stare-downs. What's that all going to be like? You have Sean Strickland as the champion for the first uh, for the first time. What is he like headlining a week? Dragos Duplessis has shown he will say very mean stuff to get under Sean Strickland's skin. And we have already seen these guys brawl in the crowd. So I think this is funny. This is going to be one of those ones that I feel like can get sneaky buzz as like the week goes on. We're obviously very fired up for it with uh, with this being the first pay of the year. But I think that almost like this could get more ESPN attention. This could, which is tough in, in, in NFL. You know, this is a tough time of the calendar for fighting because it's NFL playoffs it's all that's on anybody's mind is playoffs college football just ended with michigan but you know this is this is what everybody's focused on i think that these guys can garner some attention going into this week just because we've already seen they are not just about words they're about action and you got to be wondering about is there gonna be an injury will somebody you know will somebody actually punch somebody in the eye and that'll cost the fight of happening you know do we have to worry about a backup fighter um and then on top of it just like from all a shenanigans standpoint, very fascinating matchup stylistically between the way Sean Strickland is just like this kind of straight up and down fighter, not necessarily a brawler because there is a method to his madness. And Drinkus Duplessis has just been steamrolling fools, dude. So, I mean, it's uh, it is it is a really really fascinating matchup that feels like it's going to have a lot of drama underneath it. Very well said, Brendan Tobin, Sports Machine, Sean Levine, talking some fighting here on the BetQL Network. You're right. This is one you got to wait till the last minute. There's going to be a lot that goes down the week of the fight if we get there, right? Like these guys are both very much wild cards. It's crazy. Duplass, he's been an underdog in three out of his last four fights, comes into this one, at least right now, at even money. The co main event of 297 up there in Canada eh, is Myra Buena Silva, the favorite, minus 165 against Rocky Pennington. She's the dog at plus 135. Kind of feels like it's Rocky's time. Yeah, I mean, listen, she's been around forever, but she has been rolling, and you would feel good for her to finally get that uh, that chance. I mean, look, the queen is finally gone at bantamweight. Amanda Nunes, you know, hanging up the gloves. So Rocky Pennington's got to be feeling a little bit like this would almost be like if John Jones just really retired and Daniel Cormier could have just been in peace and be like, yes, finally, I can, <laughs> I can have my time up top. <laughs> Rocky Panton's got to be feeling like that. She's got to be thinking to herself, finally, Amanda Nunes is gone. It is my time. I can, I can, I can be on top. So 
to me, that's the that's the 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 cool story here. I mean, Buena Silva, if she wins, cool. That's fine. But I I mean, Raquel Pennington's been around. She's an OG of the division. She's been around. When the hell was Raquel Pennington's first fight in the UFC? 2014. Goodness. So like she's been a she and she, I mean, and, and had fights under the before that. So will be really cool if she ends up getting the uh the victory there. And you we were talking about this a little bit last week with the women's division. It does feel like it needs a bit of a a bump and needs a, a somebody to to kind of fall in love with. So maybe just the idea of her getting to the top um would be cool. But look, she is the dog right now. And um it's it's gonna be an interesting one to see how this uh this all shakes out. Arnold Allen's a dog that night too, takes on Eve Evolve. Right now you can get Arnold Allen at plus one thirty-five. Mike Malat minus two seventy-five takes on Neil Magny. Neil Magny is plus two ten right now, more than a two to one underdog. How about Chris Curtis versus Mark Andre Barat right now? You can get Chris Curtis at minus one sixty-five. I'm playing him by knockout that night. I think I've made more money on Chris Curtis knockouts than anybody else in my betting career. Yeah, Chris Curtis is a, he's the he's the like just the essential live wire. He'll come in and he'll fight whenever. He'll fight on short notice. Um, you know, he's had a he's had a nice I think after a very active time where he seemed like he was fighting every basically like 3 weeks, you know, he's had some some time to heal here. Um, so, you know, he had that clash of heads against Imovov the last time that they fought. Let's uh see this one, see this one through and see if uh, Action Man can get back in the win column. By knockout, Jillian Robertson also on this card, minus 190 against Pollyanna Viana, plus 155, the underdog. We've only got a couple of minutes left. Speaking of underdog, that's your Miami Dolphins coming into Arrowhead. Minus three and a half is the line right now at BetMGM. You and I both look at it and go, huh, really? Zero degrees. Feels like the Chiefs should be maybe, I don't know, a touchdown favorite. Do you think Miami can pull it off? Like this entire season, you haven't backed off at all. You keep telling me two is the guy. You love Mike McDaniel. Have you changed your tune now that we're actually here, my guy? Um, I've I I, I and I really really like both of these guys, and I've I've put a lot of stock into Tua. I was very very disappointed with the way that that game finished. I thought that, um, you know, I mentioned how depleted earlier in the show how that defense was just so banged up. The Buffalo so- game. So, bro, yeah, the Buffalo game. Yeah. And that Buffalo, that, that defense held them to 14 points, was coming up with fourth down stops and, you know, was was coming up with uh with with turnovers. And, yeah, Tua just, like, he had two opportunities. He could either put them up two scores or he could have evened it up. And he, he kind of yacked on both of them, which, which really is disappointing. You know, some people down here are calling him Kirk Cous- lefty Kirk Cousins. I don't mm. want that to be the case with Tua, all numbers and no show in, pro- in prime time. Because I do think two is good. I do think that he is talented. He is still he still is a young QB who hasn't had that that breakthrough moment yet. This is a tough one. I, I honestly don't think the Dolphins are gonna have a shot if they can't run the holy hell out of the ball. The good thing about them is they've been running the holy hell out of the ball and they got, you know, maybe the the fastest two running backs in the league with Mostert and Achan. And I do think that I think Mike McDaniel's gonna lean on them a lot and try and make this a run this ball. And then see if it opens some things up for Tua. I think this might be one of the least reliant Tua Tyreek games we see in a while. Although you got to figure Cheetah is uh, is is chomping at the bit, even in one degree weather, to get some revenge. Especially what fan after base? How, 
what fan base believes less in their team right now before we get out of here? Is it the Dolphins fans? Is it the Chiefs fan? Or is it the Philadelphia Eagles fan? Got to be the Eagles fan, right? Got to be the Eagles fan. I've never There's, seen that. They a are jump. loud, and they are crying, and they just – I mean, you might as well not even play the playoff game, right? I've never seen a, a Jake Noaker. I've never seen a guy so cocky and then just become, you know, so – disheveled and not believing in his team you know where's he been guy used where's to text been? us all the time where's eagles he been? this eagles that bird he, emoji i think the guy lost my number crazy i mean he literally would say hello saying go birds and now i think he's just giving double birds to his team he has to at this point everybody is well played on the way out of here for our producer jake noaker that is brendan tobin i'm just the sports machine sean levine fun as always enjoy the fights enjoy the football and we'll talk to you next week right here on tapped out